We'll turn to the book of Proverbs. We are going to continue our study of, of Proverbs, looking at different themes as we have done uh, in previous weeks. We're going to take uh, two sessions for different topics. Tonight we're going to begin thinking about the topic of wealth or money, which Proverbs speaks uh, quite a bit about. Um, you know, the, the, the thing about two weeks for a topic is it lets us delve a little deeper and consider it from different aspects. The bummer about two weeks for a topic is it doesn't give us enough time to cover all the different aspects of that topic. And so um, certainly this will not be a, a comprehensive study of all that Proverbs says about money and wealth or certainly all that the Bible says about it, but hopefully it will be a helpful um, uh, introduction and overview to these things. And, and so tonight we're gonna think about how we should think about money and wealth. And then the next time we meet in December, uh, we will be uh, thinking about, BJ will be teaching about how we are to use money and wealth. And both of those matter. You know, it's, it's not um, enough just to say, okay, here's the five things we should do with our money. And so we're gonna be committed to this without understanding something of, of why we should be thinking this way about it generally. But it's also not just about okay, let's think this way and then go do whatever you want and spend money and use money however you would choose. So both are important. But tonight we wanna focus on really a biblical view of wealth and, and money. You know, when it comes to, to wealth, uh, I would suggest that there, there's kind of two extremes that are common among uh, professing Christians that we want to be careful with. One of those you are probably familiar with, the, the health, wealth, and prosperity uh, movement or, or perspective, that if you have faith and are following Christ, you will be rewarded by God with physical and financial prosperity. The view that to, to the degree that you are living in a way that honors God, you will see a corresponding reality in your checkbook. If you have a lot of money, it means you are being faithful to the Lord. If you have little money, it means you are, you are not. Well, that's, that's not what the Bible teaches, as we will see tonight, but in, in, in part in reaction to that, although in part just because of some of the other things that scripture teaches, there's on the flip side kind of a, an emphasis on a, a radical lifestyle based on the example of the rich young ruler that we are to sell everything and, and give everything that we have to the poor and to others in need. And so any excess or wealth is, is frivolous and, and wasteful. You know, it's amazing that you can, people can read the Bible, not, not very carefully necessarily, and come to such different perspectives, but part of that reason is because there are verses that kind of, on the surface, seem to imply those extremes. You know, if you read your Bible all the way through, you find verses that it's like, oh, wealth is a prize and a treasure and a gift from the Lord. Okay, we should have wealth. And then you read verses that it's like, uh, make you think, well, no, maybe not. Wealth is a danger and a trap and something that we're to, we're to, to give generously, so we shouldn't have wealth. And you can go back and forth. And so our intent tonight is to try to help us have a balanced perspective of what the Proverbs in particular teach. And so I want us to begin with a bit of a, a balanced clarification about wealth. A clarification about wealth. How should we think about it just generally as it relates to some of those views that are, are prevalent? 
I want you to, to recognize that it is not wrong to be wealthy. You know, it's, it's not a, a sin to have a lot of wealth or money. Some would say that money is the root of all evil. That's not actually what the Bible says. It says the love of money is. And so the issue is not money. The beatitude is, is blessed are the poor in spirit, not blessed are the poor. And so it's not wrong to have wealth. In fact, Proverbs 10 Verse 22 puts it this way. It says, it is the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. See, it, it is a blessing. Wealth is a blessing from God and a good gift, and it really only comes from him. Why, why is that, that it only comes from him, that it's a blessing from him? Well, it's because it's all his anyway, Psalm 24 says that the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. So any wealth that you have, any wealth that I have, is really on loan from God. We are stewards managing another's resources. God has entrusted that to us, and, and he chooses to do that as he desires. That doesn't mean, though, that he only gives it to the godly or that all godly receive the blessing of wealth because Proverbs also says things like Proverbs 28, verse 6, better is the poor who walks in his integrity than he who is crooked, though he be rich. It says if, if you had to choose between walking in integrity and being impoverished, that is far better than being rich and dishonoring the Lord. Now, when we read those kinds of things, we say, wait a minute, wealth is a blessing. It's the blessing of the Lord that makes rich, but there are rich people who are, who are crooked and righteous people who are poor. So wealth is a gift, but not all of the godly are wealthy. It's not true that the primary measure of your faithfulness to God or God's favor to you is financial. It's not your bank account, it's, it's the gospel, what Christ has done for you and the spiritual blessings that God has given you. You can be faithful and poor, and yet wealth is a blessing and gift, a good gift. Yes, we also see in, in the book of Proverbs, and we'll unravel this a little bit more in a moment, that wealth is not the ultimate goal or source of our satisfaction. You see, it's a good gift from the Lord, it's a blessing, but it's not the be-all, end-all. In, in fact, it's fascinating if you look at, at the Proverbs of Solomon, like, like about half of them as it relates to wealth seem to, uh, to instruct us to kind of prize wealth and to be striving for it. And then about half warn us against trusting in it or, or hoping in it or, or pursuing it too strongly. And it's like, oh, what, what's, what's going on with this? Well, you see, it's a good gift. It's something that God does give, and it gives us opportunities to honor him and to use it well, but it is not all that we need, and it is not our hope. And we need to heed both of those things. Yeah, so don't run from wealth. Don't think that, oh, I, I am super spiritual if I am poor. And at the same time, um, do not think you have to have wealth to honor the Lord or to be satisfied and happy. Wealth is a, a gift that 
God gives according to his purpose, and he, he wants us to think rightly about it. And one of the things that Proverbs does to help us keep this perspective that it's a good gift, but not, uh, not all that we need, it's a good thing, but it's not the best thing, is it lays out for us, secondly, the limitations of wealth. The limitations of wealth. How many of you have ever thought or heard somebody say, you know, oh, if only I had what that guy has, life would be great. You know, oh, if only I had, you know, the, that house or that car or the, the bank account of that person, all my problems would go away. You guys, it's so easy to over uh, estimate the benefits of wealth, especially when we don't have it as much as we would desire. And the Proverbs help us to put it that in perspective, to see the limitations of wealth first, that it has a limited value. Turn to Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, camp out here for just a, a bit. Proverbs 3 is reminding of the, the rewards and the path of wisdom. And in verse 13, it says this, it says, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her profit, what's that? Wisdom and understanding. The profit of wisdom and understanding is better than the profit of silver and her gain better than fine gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. He says, wisdom and understanding, not just head knowledge, ability to get a good rate on the SAT or something, but biblical wisdom and understanding flowing from knowing and fearing the Lord is far more valuable than gold or silver or fine jewels. Proverbs 8 continues that theme, verse 10 says, take my instruction and not silver and knowledge rather than choicest gold for wisdom is better than jewels and all desirable things cannot compare to her. Yes, wealth does not bring happiness and satisfaction in this life. Wisdom that comes from fearing and knowing God does. And so people pursuing wealth and, and the riches and trappings that go with it and think if only I can get that, life will be great and I will be satisfied and I will be content with my life and it will go well, are deceiving themselves. It is the pursuit of wisdom that comes from knowing God that leads to that life. Not because our life is perfect, but because we know God, because he is enough for us, and because we understand his ways in this world, and we can live the way that we were created and intended to live. You see, wealth is not all that you need. It is of limited value. It is not the secret to happiness. If you just have a little bit more, life won't be as great as you think it will. Wealth has limited value, particularly compared to that of knowing God and, and understanding his wisdom and his ways. And part of this limitation and limited value is related to the second reality that Proverbs emphasizes, that wealth has limited duration. It doesn't last. Proverbs 23, verse 4, is a great verse to keep in mind. A great phrase that, that says this. It says, do not weary yourself to gain wealth. 
How many people do you know who, in your own heart, are tempted to weary yourself to gain wealth? It's like, man, there's, there's nothing I won't give up to get just a little more wealth. And we can weary ourselves, just keep pursuing, just do a little bit more, you know, a little greater sacrifice to pursue that. He says, don't weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. Why? Verse 5, he says, when you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle and flies towards the heaven. He says, you can, you can make yourself crazy trying to get wealth. And guess what happens? It doesn't, it doesn't last. It, it can disappear in an instant. You know, how many... Uh, how many examples are there from history of those who, who thought they were secure in their wealth and they lost it all? You know, certainly that's true in death. You know, that phrase that was, was popular back when I was younger, you know, he who dies with the most toys, still what? Still dies. Proverbs 27, 24 puts it this way, for riches are not forever, nor does a crown endure to all generations. You know, we can think this is that's enough to last a lifetime and more. And God says, you know, it's it's a temporary thing. Guys, don't weary yourself to gain wealth that is passing. Strive for those things which will endure. Again, how many sacrifices people make uh, in the name of wealth, sacrificing time with their their family, the health of their family their own personal health, physical well-being, their church involvement, their enjoyment of the good gifts God has given in this life, only to pursue a wealth that is fleeting. His wealth is, is of, of uh, not, uh, it's limited in its value, it's limited in its duration, and, and thirdly, it's certainly not worthy of our trust. Proverbs 10, 15 describes how the wealthy are tempted to view their riches it says the rich man's wealth is his fortress. He, he's not commending that as true. He's saying that's how the rich are tempted to think, that wealth is my fortress, it's what protects me, it's what gives me security and stability. And yet Proverbs eleven twenty eight says, he who trusts in his riches will fall. See, if you depend on, rely on, you're leaning on your wealth and your riches as your source of confidence and stability and security, he says, eventually that will let you down. But the righteous, it says in verse 28 of chapter 11, will flourish like a green leaf. Because it's so easy, particularly in, in our culture where we have excess you know, maybe not a lot of excess, but we have, have financial resources in most cases to meet the trials of life to some degree, whether that's with our own money or money that is available to us in a, in a borrowed form. We can be tempted to think that it's our bank account or our credit cards or our retirement account or whatever that gives us security. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't have those things. There's the balancing truth of Proverbs that, that it's, a, it's a good gift and it's a, a good tool. And yet those are not what our confidence and hope is to be in. Don't rely on those things. How can you tell if you're trusting in wealth as opposed to trusting in the Lord? 
You know, I think that that comes back to obviously the attitude of our heart. You can have the exact same amount in a bank account and be trusting in it or not. But how, how do you respond? What, what is your initial reaction when something difficult comes up in life? Is it to run to, oh, I think I have, we have the financial resource to deal with this? Or is it a confidence that God is good and will meet your needs and will teach you the things that he desires for you? How do you respond when you don't have as much money as you wish you had? <laughs> You know, maybe you've got some things invested and, and, and it, the, it's, a, it's a rough year or a couple of months for, for those investments. And, and how does that affect you? Does it, does it demonstrate that, ah, I'm overly reliant on, on this. My hope and confidence is in this. Because all that we have is God's. He's the provider, the only worthy object of our trust. As this is true in, in life, but even more so in death, Proverbs 11.4 says, riches do not profit in the day of wrath. You know, you can, you can have all that you want saved up, and when you die, it will matter zero. There is nothing that that will gain you in the day of judgment. Nobody will be in heaven because of their wise financial planning. Nobody. They will be in heaven not because they trusted in wealth, but because they trusted in the Lord, because their hope was in Him and their confidence in Him. Because wealth is, is limited. Not invaluable, not something we shouldn't think about, not something we shouldn't care about, but it is a limited gift from the Lord, and we need to be keenly aware of those limits. When we lose sight of those things, we will easily succumb thirdly to the temptations of wealth that Proverbs warns us about. Turn to Proverbs 30. Great verse, a couple verses that, that I think shape how we should think and why we should think about wealth in this way. Proverbs 30, verse seven says, two things I ask of you. Do not refuse me before I die. You know, if you were to ask two things of the Lord, um, what would those two things be? Well, here's what, um, what this man asked for. He said, do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. Help me to walk with, with integrity. And middle of verse eight, give me neither poverty nor riches. It's a fascinating request, isn't it? said, you know, one of my top two things that I would ask of you, Lord, is don't let me be poor and don't let me be rich. Why? Well, I think he, he identifies the unique temptations that come first when we don't have wealth and then the unique temptations that come when we do, when we have lots of it. Notice where he goes on. He says, feed me with the food that is my portion. Give me enough. That's his prayer. God, don't, don't let me be in want. Don't let me have loads of excess. Give me enough. Why? Verse 9, that I may not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? He says, the temptation that comes when we do have wealth... <laughs> is that I would, I would be tempted and prone to hope in my wealth, to, to be proud, to think I don't need the Lord, 
to be boastful that I have gained all of this on my own, really to, to idolize self and to idolize wealth. He says, I don't want to have too much because I don't want to be tempted in those ways. Now, does that mean that if you have a lot of money that you will inherently go down that road? No, you don't have to. But here, the, the writer of this proverb says, I don't even want that temptation. Don't give me so much that I'm tempted in that way. Because if, if you have excess, if you are, are wealthy, do not let yourself give in to those temptations that you become boastful and self-sufficient and you deny the Lord. But he says there's also temptations that come when we don't have wealth or, verse 9, or that I might I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. He said, I don't, I don't want to not have enough and be tempted to acquire wealth in ways that are sinful because I am, I am dishonoring God when I do those things. What's at the heart of that? Well, it's, it's really the, the reality that we are to be seeking first God and his kingdom, seeking first Christ and his righteousness, as Jesus put it in Matthew 6. And when we idolize wealth, we are, are prone to seek it above him, even in ways that are sinful. And so the writer of Proverbs here says, Lord, don't let me be tempted in those ways. Give me enough. Don't let me be in want or have access such that I give into those temptations. You know, some of you in this room are prone in one of those ways or the other due to the circumstances of life that the Lord has placed you right now. You know, either you're in a situation where you're like, ooh, we could use a little more, Lord. <laughs> and the temptation is to seek that in ways that are sinful, to be consumed with the pursuit of that, maybe to compromise in, in ways that you could gain more. Maybe that's in sinful ways, like he says here, of stealing. Maybe it's just in, in the, the prioritization of your life to say, I'm, I'm going to neglect things I should because we, I would really like to have more. That would be enough. Some of you may be in a, in a different situation or at some point will be where you say, you know, we've got a lot and it's easy to depend on that and to rely on that and to be a little proud about that and to hope in that instead of keeping our focus on the Lord. As we have to recognize that there are temptations on all sides. If we think, well, I'm not gonna struggle with temptations about money or wealth because I don't have enough, no. Or if we think, well, if I just have enough, then I, I'll be content and won't have to, have to worry about the sins and temptations that come when I don't have it. No, we have to recognize those temptations. So if wealth is a, is a good, albeit limited, gift from the Lord, one that regardless of our circumstances, we can face various temptations. Last thing I want us to think about is how should we think about acquiring wealth? Fourthly, let's think about the accumulation of wealth. You know, Proverbs has much to say about this, and it doesn't say don't seek wealth. It doesn't say wealth is a sign of, 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 uh, uh, of sinful extravagance. No, it, it says it's a, it's a good thing. It's something to be, to, be, um, to be prized while thinking rightly about it. So how should we think about the accumulation of wealth? Turn back to Proverbs 3, that chapter that we looked at briefly before. I stopped at verse 14, 
or verse 15, where it said, how blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Her profit is better than the profit of silver. She's more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares to her. But notice how he continues in verse 16. He says, long life is in her right hand, wisdom, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Now remember, these are proverbs. They're not promises. They're not ironclad guarantees, but they are descriptions of the normative way that God has made his world to work. And here it says, wisdom is more valuable than wealth, but also wisdom often leads to wealth. You see, wealth often comes with wisdom. Doesn't mean that's a guarantee. Doesn't mean that there aren't foolish, wealthy people. There are, and doesn't mean that there aren't wise people who do not have wealth. But the Proverbs teach that when we live according to the the pattern of wisdom that God gives us in the world that he has made, that that allows us to oftentimes have resources for this life. Proverbs 15, 6, again, says great wealth is in the house of the righteous, but trouble is in the income of the wicked. Again, not an ironclad guarantee. Proverbs 13, 18, poverty and shame will come to him who neglects discipline, but he who regards reproof will be honored. You think about this maybe with your your kids. Maybe your kids aren't old enough to to have a job, Um, but if, if your child is wise, and does things that the scriptures encourage, like working hard, and like uh, respecting other people, and and serving selflessly, you know what's gonna happen if they get a part-time job? They're gonna stand out like crazy. Because most people don't do that. Uh, you know, I, I remember when I was growing up, I worked at Steak and Shake, and I was not like this awesome waiter, but I showed up and I worked hard and I wore my little red bow tie. And I was like, I could write my own hours because nobody else really did that. And it's like, wow, this is, this is disappointing. But it also shows that when you live God's way, you got bigger tips because you cared for people and you, you had those opportunities. Now, does that always work that way? No, it doesn't. You can work hard under the Lord with wisdom and not be rewarded. But the normal way that God's world works is if you regard reproof, if you seek instruction from the Lord, you apply the scriptures, there are blessings and benefits. Wealth often comes with wisdom. Again, not always, but that's what the Proverbs encourage us in. And and secondly, part of that wisdom is that B, wealth comes from what? From work. This is not how we, uh, as, as people, want to think about gaining wealth most. Listen to these verses. Proverbs 10, verse 4. Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Again, these are proverbs. This is not a guarantee. It doesn't mean that you can't find a lazy, rich person or a hardworking, poor person. You can but the normal means that God provides wealth is through work. Proverbs 13, 11 says, wealth obtained by fraud dwindles, but the one who gathers by labor increases it. Proverbs 14, 23 and 24, in all labor there is profit. Not simply financial, but, uh, but often, but mere talk leads what? Only to poverty. The crown of their wise is their riches, but the folly of fools is foolishness. Proverbs 28, 19, he who tills his land will have plenty of food, but he who follows empty pursuits will have poverty in plenty. 
The, the scriptures say, God says, my way of wisdom is that wealth is a good gift, it's a blessing that I provide, and I provide it normatively through the hard work and effort of those who are seeking to honor me. This is a valuable lesson for our children, isn't it? <laughs> now, I'm not saying that if you have a two-year-old that the only way they ever get any money in your house is they earn it. <laughs> but I am saying it's wise that we begin to teach and train our kids that the biblical way to think about wealth is that money and the blessings that come with that come to those who work hard. It's not unreasonable for you to expect your kids to do work to earn things. You know, this is gonna vary at, with age. It may look different for, for your family. Um, you know, my, my oldest two kids get to go on the high school Disney trip, which is, which is great. It's fabulous. It's a spiritually uh, impactful week of their life that costs $525. You know how much dad paid for that trip? Zero. They're working to do it. You know, there's other things that I help them with, but they need to learn that if you want to do stuff in life, it costs money. Now they're old enough that they're at a stage where they need that. You know, my, my fifth grader is not earning money to buy her a Wana book at church. I give her that. Uh, but but they're, they need to learn lessons that, that wealth comes from hard work. You guys, even if you have the opportunity because of your financial situation to provide all that your children need or want, don't do it because they need to learn the value and the importance of work. Now, you may pay really well for the work that they do, uh, but they need to, to appreciate work. Again, I don't think that means that every time they work, you got to give them money. Kids need to learn to work to serve because they love people and they want to do stuff. And you can create these little entrepreneurs who do something at the house and they think that you should give them money, um, which is there's more to work than just money. But uh, that is part of what we want to be teaching our kids. A third reality that Proverbs highlights is that wealth is not to be sought quickly. It's not something that we can expect to gain in an instant. And when we do, we come into all kinds of issues. Proverbs 20 verse 21 says, an inheritance gained hurriedly at the beginning will not be blessed in the end. Now, some people think that if I just leave a lot of money to my kids, It'll be great for them, but that inheritance needs to entail a work ethic and an honoring of the Lord so that they can handle and manage those things. Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead surely to advantage, but everyone who is hasty comes surely to poverty. What a temptation. You know, get rich quick. You know, you see that all over. Lottery. You know, you can win billions or whatever, millions, however much, you know, um, gambling and other things, hyper-aggressive investments, the promise of pay that doesn't correspond to the work. You know, you see those little advertisements on social media like, you know, earn $85 an hour from home doing next to nothing. And it's like, that's probably not true. Like, that's, a, that's a, uh, somebody who just wants something for nothing. And that's not how God's world works. That temptation to get rich quick leads to poverty. Again, the, the normal pattern is that you work hard over time and you accumulate the, the blessings of those things that you have worked for. Fourthly, wealth is not to be gained dishonorably. Proverbs twenty two sixteen: he who oppresses the poor to make more for himself or who gives to the rich will only come to poverty. 
Proverbs 21, 6, the acquisition of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor, the pursuit of death. And Proverbs 19, 1, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than he who is perverse in speech and is a fool. Is while, while the scriptures say, yeah, work hard, God blesses us with wealth that we can use in the ways that he would call us to. That's a good thing, but do not seek wealth hastily and do not use means that are dishonoring to the Lord to seek to pursue wealth. It means live with integrity. It means you won't just do anything to get that promotion. It, it, it means that we are careful to honor the Lord because we care more about walking in wisdom than we care about making a little extra. Because we need to think rightly about wealth. That means thinking with a, a biblically balanced perspective. Not reacting against it and saying, you know, the spiritual are the poor. Or saying on the flip side, the spiritual are those that God blesses with an abundance. No, it's not that simple. Wealth is a, a gift God gives according to his providence. It is a, a good gift, but it is not the best gift. It is a limited resource, one that we need to guard against the temptations that come with it and seek to honor the Lord in our, our, our pursuit of it through working hard and being faithful in the ways that God has given us. Next time, as I mentioned, we'll think more specifically about how to use our wealth, whether it's a lot or little, what should characterize the use of our wealth? One phrase from Proverbs, just since you got a month and you gotta be thinking about your wealth and using it. Proverbs 3, 9 says, honor the Lord from your wealth. That's the goal. That's why God gives it to us. That's why Proverbs says it's a, it's a good thing. It's a blessing from the Lord because now you can use it, not for yourself, not to say, woohoo, we can do everything we want. But so you can say, I get to honor the Lord in the use of my wealth because it's not really your wealth anyway, is it? It's his, that he has given to you to honor him. So let's, let's think rightly about wealth. We're gonna talk in our groups tonight about how, how the biblical view of wealth is, is really in stark contrast to the world's perspective of that, and we're bombarded with that at so many different twists and turns and how to, how to guard ourselves from that. So let's pray, and, uh, and we'll split to our groups and discuss those things together. Our Father, we thank you for your word that gives us wisdom. Lord, it gives us wisdom about all the details of life, including our money. And Lord, the way we think about our money and the way we use our money are a window into our heart, into how we think about you. And, and I pray that you would help us to see clearly our own attitudes and thoughts and that we would align those with the wisdom of your word. Lord, thank you that you have made us to work and to be diligent and, and thank you that that is the normal means that you use to provide the needs that we have. And, and Lord, I pray that we would be faithful to that end as we're able. And, and Lord, I, I pray that you would uh, help us not to depend on our wealth. Lord, we, we are in such a, um, a, a lavish country and it's easy to have confidence that we will have the things that we need simply because of our jobs and the the avenues available to us. Lord, help us to trust in you. Lord, keep us from, uh, from pride, keep us from idolatry, um, but might we use the resources you've given us to bring you honor. We thank you in Christ's name, amen.